But let's turn now to that massive hunt for the missing submersible in the North Atlantic, which is now in a critical phase. Fears are growing for the five people on board the missing vessel, which lost contact during a descent to the wreck of the Titanic. It's thought the oxygen supply on board may run out by today. But the US Coast Guard insists it remains focused on rescuing the crew alive. The search area has been doubled in size and a French ship with a robot that can reach the seabed is now on site. Well, let's head to Boston. Let's head to our reporter, Dan Johnson, who is there for us. And Dan, as I was saying there, it's got to a really critical phase on the time frame. What updates are you getting from the Coast Guards? The word from the US Coast Guard this morning, the Coast Guard which is coordinating the rescue operation, is that this is still an active search and rescue mission. That hope has not been lost, that every effort is still being made to locate that submersible and, if possible, to enact some sort of rescue. There are more and more assets, vehicles, uh, deep sea diving equipment that is arriving on the scene and this morning we know that two remotely operated submersibles have gone into the water. One from a Canadian ship and then one in the last hour or so from a French ship. That is a, a remotely operated submersible which is capable of operating down at depths of 6,000 meters so actually way way lower than the wreck of the Titanic. Those two submersibles are going down to the seabed uh, to try to find any trace of what happened to the Titan submersible and the five men who went down in that submarine on Sunday. But everyone is aware here that the estimates of how much oxygen was left for those five men have varied. It's not specific. We can't be uh, definitive about when that air, that oxygen supply would run out, but the estimates were in the last hour or so. And if those men survived whatever initially went wrong on that submersible, whether they are at the bottom of the ocean or floating on the top, they weren't able to release themselves. They weren't able to get their own oxygen supply. They were still reliant, even if they were on the surface, on the oxygen of the craft and it does now seem to be dawning on people here that time and that oxygen is running out and that may mean that people are having to accept hope being lost here and the reality that even if those men did survive the initial problem on board that craft that they may now have lost their lives and that this operation may actually be moving into more of a recovery phase but the US Coast Guard is not letting up there are even more uh, assets and uh, diving equipment that is being flown to the search area from around the world. It is a huge area, it is a challenging search, but the Coast Guard says it goes on. Dan there in Boston, we'll return to you in the coming minutes. Thanks very much, Dan, mentioning uh, still the international help that is being sent. I want to show you some of the latest pictures from RAF Lossiemouth because uh, uh, these uh, pictures just coming into us from the RAF uh, uh, following an overnight request, but uh, uh, those uh, pictures uh, which hopefully we'll show in the next few minutes, uh, more equipment, more personnel heading to Canada. Apologies, we can't quite get those pictures uh, at the moment, but uh, we will show them in the next little while. But let's speak now to Dr. Sarah Spelsberg. Uh, she serves as uh, faculty for World Extreme Medicine. She's also the medical lead for Project Neptune 100, which looks at how the human body handles long-term exposure to pressure. Uh, thank you so much for being here on the programme. Tell me a little more about uh, what is happening to the body at these sorts of depths, at this sort of length? I'm less concerned about uh, the pressure because the cabin is supposed to be pressurized. And if they've lost pressure, that's that will have been a catastrophic event. Um, but the biggest concerns down there are going to be hypothermia and how long their oxygen supply will last. 
And in terms of oxygen, uh, tell me a little more, because we know that three of the people are very experienced down there. How much can you actually slow the consumption of oxygen and what is happening with the body as, as the buildup of CO2 happens? So you can slow it quite a bit. So if you're if you're staying still and breathing in and out through your nose and taking slow breaths and keeping yourself calm, uh, you can slow it quite a bit. Um, furthermore, hypothermia, while it initially increases the metabolic rate, um, over time it, it decreases the metabolic rate. So if if they survive the hypothermia, it could actually help them by slowing their metabolic rate down. Um, and then with the carbon dioxide, it, it's kind of like if you've ever been to the dentist and, and had laughing gas or, or too much laughing gas. Uh, over time, you may find your heart rate going faster. There may be a period of anxiety and headache, um, but eventually you'll, you'll drift off to sleep. And, and an experienced explorer and an experienced adventurer um, would be able to keep themselves calm through that. A final thought, because they still obviously have to find this vessel. But if they do in the coming hours and if it's brought to the surface quickly, what are the dangers there? Because I know they've got things like uh, hyperbolic uh, chambers there on the site already. I am less concerned about um, decompression from being in a from them being in a submarine than I am about um, hypothermia, hypoxia dehydration, and um, also when you're laying still for a long period of time, you're at risk of, of blood clots. So that's those are the things that concern me the most. So do I think they need to go directly into a hospital for tests? Absolutely. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think they would need um, hyperbaric. Well, Sarah, we have to leave it there. A really busy afternoon here, but uh, thanks so much for joining us here on BBC News.